Thank you, Daniel. Well, my name is Ron Cool. I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside. Welcome to all of you. Again, especially welcome to those of you, and congratulations on the baptisms this morning. So welcome to all of you. Welcome to those of you who are watching online. Last week, Sunday, we began a sermon series, and I want to start real quick with just trying to recap that. I, I, I'm going to do this fairly quickly because I know some of you, many of you were not able to be here last week, but we started talking about the ways of discipleship and, and about how we grow in Christ. And what we did is we said that there are three basic places in the Christian life. We said, and we looked at this image, we said that we are born and we're apart from God. We're lost in sin. We're dead. We are, have spiritual death. We said that even about these little ones, as cute as they are, that apart from Christ, they're, they're, they, if they are apart from Christ, they're at a place of, of spiritual death, all right? But Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross and he rose again and he conquered sin and he conquered death and he invites us to surrender, right? We start in that place, then we move to another place where we are saved and we are forgiven. We are alive in Christ, and that's an amazing thing when we accept the grace of Jesus Christ. And, and when we say we are saved, I want us to remember that we are 100% saved. It's not like God says, okay, I'll get you over that first bridge. Now you got to take yourself the rest of the way. No, God carries us. He saves us. Once we surrender to Jesus Christ, we are 100% saved, and this is by grace alone. Okay, it is by grace alone that we are saved. It is not what our hands have done. We looked at that and we said, that's just an amazing thing. And we look forward to one day when we do die or when Jesus Christ comes back, one day we will get to go to heaven. We will be beyond death and we will be complete in Christ. And we celebrate that and we look forward to that. We're going to look at this series. I wanted to kind of establish those three places, apart from God, saved, and, and one day we'll be complete in Christ, because we're going to bring it back here, and this is what I want to look at. At this place, what I'm calling between the times, right? And that's where many of us are. Some of us are still exploring Christ, and, and we want to be a place where you can do that. But for many of us, we've made that commitment to Christ, and, and we're not yet to heaven, and so we're between those times, and, and, and we've started talking about what it means to be in between the times. And, and one of the things we can recognize, this isn't the main point or anything, but I want you to know that when we are between those times, there will be good days and there will be bad days, but God will always be there with us. That's why we have the Holy Spirit pictured there. God will always be with us. God will be faithful. He will never let us go. Nothing can separate us from His love. But the main thing we really wanted to focus on is, is, is this, that if Christ is alive in us, and this is one of the main teachings of the New Testament, if Christ is alive in us, we should be growing, we should be changing, we should be becoming people who love more, who serve more, who give more, who grow in things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, the fruit of the Spirit. We should not stay the same. We should continue to grow, whether we're eight years old or 80 years old. I hope that uh, today I am more like Jesus than I was a year ago. And I'm called to try to be more like Jesus Christ a year from now than I am today. I should be changing. I should be growing. Peter calls us to this at the end of his first letter, we looked, or second letter, 2 Peter 3.18. Peter writes, but grow. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Grow, grow, grow in grace, grow in knowledge. Paul talks about it in a passage we didn't look at this one last week, but it's a beautiful one. 2 Corinthians 3.18. We had 2 Peter, now 2 Corinthians 3.18. Paul says, and we all, we all who with unfailed faces, faces rather, contemplate the Lord's glory. We have seen Jesus Christ in the flesh. We have seen him with no veil. We have seen him straight on. We who see Jesus are being transformed. 
into his image. We are being changed into his image. We are becoming more and more like him with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so we are being set free more and more. We are becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. If Christ is alive in us, we said we should be growing and, and changing. We should be getting bigger. Now, the growth line, we said, is, is not like this. It's really one that goes up and down and, and, and so on. But overall, we ought to be growing. And we ought to be growing in every area of our lives. We recognize that some of us think about growing, we think about just learning more. We should learn more. We should grow in our heads. But we also said, I should be growing in my love, in my heart, in my emotional life. And I should be growing with my hands, what I'm doing. I should be growing stronger in my service of God, stronger in giving to others in those areas of my life as well. But the main thing is, is this, that if Christ is alive in us, we should be growing and changing and the question that we then ended with kind of last time was this. How do we do that? How do we grow? And, and, and how do we keep on growing? For many of us, one of the things I think that we have to recognize is that, is that growth at a certain time earlier on is, is fairly easy. And for those of us like me who were raised in the church, I mean, these little ones are going are gonna to learn about Jesus from, from the time they can first talk, right? They're learning about Jesus, and we grow and we learn those things, and, and that... But, but for many of us, we get to a certain place, and then it just kind of levels off. And I think it becomes a lot harder to grow. We kind of tend to just stay where we are. And, and the challenge of this series, the challenge I want to lay before you, is, is the, really the invitation. Let me change that. The invitation is to say, I'm not going to stop growing. I'm going to continue to be more like Jesus Christ, because I want to grow more free. Jesus Christ said, I came to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. I want you to have, I want you to become who God created you to be. And so that's what I want us to experience. That's what I want yourself, want you to commit to. How do we do that though? How do we grow? How do we keep on growing? We closed with two things last week. The first was this. Our, our growth is primarily the work of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I, I, I don't just grow myself, but as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3, 18, I... I'm being transformed. It's the Holy Spirit that changes me. But, and this sets us up for the rest of what we're going to talk about, there are things that we can do. There are practices that give room for the Holy Spirit to work in us. And, and, and I think one of the challenges in the Christian life is for us to, to continue to engage in those practices, to continue to do those things so that we grow bigger and stronger and faster spiritually. And, and that's what we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks and so on. So, again, this is clearly a biblical thing. Paul talks about it to Timothy. He says this, chapter 4, verse 7, he says, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. Train yourself. And, and the word that he uses there really refers to physical training. I mean, he, he's, he's talking about just as athletes will train themselves. Just as athletes will exercise, that they'll, they'll lift weights, they'll, they'll run runs, apparently. Uh, some things like that, people do those things without getting paid, whatever. Anyway, so, but, but just as you train to win a race, we can train ourselves to love better, to serve better, to be the kind of dads and husbands and moms and wives that God created us to be. Paul says for physical training is of some value. Go ahead exercise, but godliness is value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Practice. Get bigger, faster, stronger spiritually. That's what we want to talk about. That's what we want to think about. That's what we mean when we say there are things that we can do. 
So what I want to do with, with the time that we have this morning, and uh, we're going to just kind of, again, this is still introductory, setting up this whole idea of spiritual disciplines, setting up this whole idea of spiritual practices. I, I want to start by saying, what are the practices? And I'm going to mention six of them. There are more. And we're not going to go through all six and talk about each one today. Don't worry, okay? All right. There's a big clock back there that I can see. So we're not going to go through all of them and talk. What I want to do is introduce them. And then I want to give us three things as we talk about how we do these things. Three things to remember about spiritual practices. Because this is an area that I get excited about and I, and I love. And I, and I think it's a, a key area for growth. But it can also kind of guide us in some unhealthy ways. So I want to make sure we get some things straight. So... This is all about growing closer to Jesus Christ. And in the next, what, what we're going to do start next week is, is we're going to pick up on one of them, and we'll look at that for a few weeks. But the first one was going to be just prayer, that we pray. And, and then, it'll probably not be until after New Year's, but we're going to look at how do we read the Bible, study. How do we meditate on God's Word? And, and, and then beyond that, sometime we'll talk about serving, because that's one of the ways we get in shape, is we serve others. And it starts real small, but we get bigger and better at it, all right? Worshiping. Now, worshiping is an end in itself, but it's also something that shapes us. Steve said at the beginning of the service, he said, you know what? We tell the story. And, and as we worship, if you paid attention as we're singing songs, we say, I'm lost, but Jesus Christ gives me life, and I will build my life on a firm foundation. Worship. We connect with other people, all right? And we invite others. We invite others. And what I believe with all my heart is that when we make these practices a part of the rhythm of our lives, God uses them to grow us. Again, not to say that it'll all just be easy, or not to say it's always a straight line, but that we we experience these things, and we go through them, and in general, God will use them, and we will grow. So let's shrink that down a little bit, and then I want to give us three things we need to remember about spiritual practices. And whenever we talk about growing in Christ, whenever we talk about that, these are things that are, are there, and, and it's so essential that we remember these things. First of all, these practices are often means, not ends. And we can get in trouble if we make them into ends. Uh, think about a volleyball player, okay? Think about a volleyball player. She might run up and down the bleachers. Her goal is not to become the greatest runner up and down the bleachers of all time goal is to jump higher. Her goal is to, to be a better volleyball player. But she does this as a means to the end. And if all she can do is run up and down the bleachers, wow, that's great that you're the best one in school history to have ever done that. It really doesn't matter very much. What she wants to do is, is in the game, be able to, to do what she wanted to do, to get better, to grow stronger. But let me give you an example that, that we'll see and you parents will, will relate to that. And all of us who've dealt with kids, teaching a child to say thank you. Most of us wanted to teach our children to say thank you, or we want to teach children to say thank you. How do we do that? We make them practice. I see it all the time when I'm handing out candy on a Sunday morning, right? It starts when the kids are really little. The first stage of this is we say, say thank you. Say thank you. When the kids are just learning to talk, right? Say thank you. Now, when they get a little older, and it's, you, can, you can watch, then the parent says, what do you say? Okay, and I, you know, I'm not going to give you the words this time. What do you say? Thank you. Some kids say, can I have more? No, that's not, not what you're supposed to say. It's like, anyway, and, and, and then we get to a place where we're teaching them, because they're practiced enough, where all we do is give them that look like. <clears throat> right? And, and now, we want them to say thank you. Why? 
Why? This is what we need to keep in mind. And, 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 and there are some secondary goals, but they're not the way. Not so that they get more stuff. The <laughs> fact is that might kind of work that way, because sometimes grandpas and grandmas and others say, well, if you don't say thank you, you're not going to get another gift. But if you're teaching your kid to say thank you so that they just keep getting more, not a good reason. <laughs> not, not a good reason. That's not why we do it. Not, and, and not so think people can think I'm a good parent. Now, that's sometimes part of it, right? Let's be honest. As parents, we just don't want everybody to think that our kids are brats. So we want them to say thank you so that they think better of us. But again, if that's the only reason you're doing it, you're missing out. Ultimately, the reason we do this of saying, say thank you, what do you say? We do all of that so that a child's character is shaped. We want that child to become genuinely grateful we want that child to become a person who recognizes that even in a broken world, there are good gifts and, and who, who thanks God. And, and, and that's what we're after. These, these practices are not ends. They're means in, in, in a lot of times that, that help us become this. And, and, and we have to remember that. Let me apply it specifically. Let's talk about learning to pray. There, you, know, you may use a prayer guide. You may take a class on prayer, whatever. But again, why? Why do I care if you pray learn and grow in prayer. Not because, again, I want you to all learn to pray with more impressive language so that you can, you can really say things that people will go, wow, that was really beautiful. I, I mean, I like beautiful prayers, but if your goal is simply to pray a beautiful prayer, it does no good other than maybe get you impressed with others. It's not to pray more impressive language. It's not just to pray more. I hope we all learn, I want to keep praying more and more and more. But the reason I want you to grow in your prayer life is because it helps us grow in our relationship with God. As, as I've learned more about prayer, and, and we're all still beginners, but I've experienced what it is to, to know that God is with me more often, what it is to, to listen better to God's voice, what it is to... And, and, and again, I'm up and down and I fail and I'm whatever, but, but that's why we want to learn to pray. I don't want you to, so that we can say, we are a praying church. That's fine. That's great. I hope we are. I hope we can become more and more of that. But ultimately, prayer is the tool that, that, that we use in communication. I mean, it's like, okay, our, my wife and I talk a thousand times. Okay, but do you communicate? Do you grow closer to each other? Are you deeper in that relationship? Studying the Bible, we could say the same sort of thing. Why? Again, I hope that you can learn to understand and explain a passage. But if that's all you do, you're missing out, right? It's to grow. It's to grow in our relationship with God. It's to understand him more, to, more to grow in our trust. It's to grow in our obedience. It, 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 it's to grow in all of these areas so that we become more and more like Jesus Christ. Again, I... Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, he says, If you have all knowledge, if you know everything but have not love, you're nothing. I'm nothing. The reason we need the Scriptures, and I love Scripture, I love the Bible, and I, I want all of us to fall more and more in love with it, but not as an end, because it's the, it's the means God speaks to us. It's one of the main means God uses to shape us. And, and so we'll talk about how do we study? How do we meditate? How do we chew on Scripture? How do we take that in? But we have to remember, it's, it's not an end in itself. I, I, if it were, then seminary professors would be the nicest people in the world. 
and they are God's children, and I love them, but they're not generally nice. No, I can't make that statement about all of them, but right, I mean, I, I may learn a lot more, but if my learning doesn't translate into, into becoming more like Christ, I don't know how valuable my learning is, all right? It's a, it's, these are often means, not ends. And I say often because, again, worship is a, it, a, it is a means, but it's also an end that we just give thanks to God. So, all right, first one is that. Second one, okay? The second one is, in, in this, there are different ways to do each of these practices. This is essential that we recognize this, okay? There are different ways to do each of these practices. And the reason that's important is that so often what can happen is if this, if, if by any, I mean, if God's spirit conviction, you say, all right, I want to grow, and then you ask somebody, okay, how do you pray? You say, well, I have to do it like that person did. God wired us up differently. And what works for you might not work for me, and what works for me might not work for you. Later on in the service, I'm going to quote uh, in just a couple of minutes, but from this book. Uh, it's by Peter Kreeft. It's called Prayer for Beginners. I really liked it, but if I gave it to some of you, and I don't know who, but you'd say, like, that was the dumbest book. It did nothing for me, okay? It, we, we, God wired us up differently, and part of it, and that's why, so next week, we're going to start with prayer, and we're going to ask, you know, so what is prayer? What goes into it? What's it about? But then we wanna, what we want to do is share and talk and have you sharing as well. What are just different kinds of prayer? What are different ways to pray? And we want to invite you to say, how do I do this? That's why, again, Char is going to be doing a class next week uh, about spiritual temperaments. And it addresses this directly of kind of saying, how is it that you pray? How is it that you talk to God? How do you best relate to God? There's corporate and individual prayer. There's all these practices, praying the exam and praying through scripture, uh, guided prayer, sung prayer. We could go on. And we'll talk about a lot of these things. But there are different ways. And, and, and what I want you to do is to say, okay, it's going to take me some time to try to figure out. And, and, and different ways work for me at different times. What I'm doing right now to pray is different than what I did five years ago. And, and so I, I, we, we keep kind of learning and growing. All right, so there are often means, not ends, and there are different ways to pray. And then the final thing, and, and this, is, this is so important, whenever we talk about spiritual growth, whenever we make a commitment to say, I want to become more like Jesus Christ, I want to press on to take hold of the one who took hold of me. I want to be more loving. I want to be, whenever we do that, we need to remember this especially. We do these practices with perseverance and with patience. With perseverance and with patience. That's how we live the Christian life. Those two words, perseverance and patience. We start with perseverance, all right? We start with perseverance. The fact is, the race is a long one. The race is a marathon, for whatever reason, God does not choose to change most of us in an instant. Some of us may know of people, for example, think of an alcoholic. There are some alcoholics who apparently God just takes away their desire for alcohol in an instant. But most of them, it's a day at a time, an hour at a time, sometimes a minute at a time. And, and, and for most of us, as we deal with our Christian life, as we fight against sin, put to death the old nature, as we put on the new, we got to recognize that, that God doesn't just say in an instant, okay, Ron, I'm going to make you uh, the most loving person you'll ever be. I'm going to make you, I'm going to... No, it takes time. And so we need perseverance. We need to keep at it. Hebrews writes this, Hebrews 12, we read these words. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run what? 
with perseverance. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. We run with perseverance. The race is long. It's a marathon. There will be dry times. There will be. But we need to keep at it because God's grace will keep working in us, and it is a joy to deeper journey. Okay? A a journey to deeper joy. That's what I meant. It's a journey to deeper joy. All right. Again, this is not like I have to do this because I'm going to make God love me. No, he loves you. He is madly in love with you right now. But this is a, a journey to, to experiencing more and more freedom. So, so stick with it. Persevere. And, and most important, be patient. Be patient. And, and I want to suggest most of us need to hear this with ourselves. Because I think so often what we do is we beat ourselves up. Again, as I said earlier, growth takes time. God has not chosen for most part to just change our hearts in an instant. It takes time. Friends, be patient. Peter Kreeft, in this book, one of the things he says is, is that we cannot go faster than grace. We can't go faster than grace, friends. Okay, God's at work in us, all right? We can, we can just recognize that. We don't go faster than grace. And so be patient with yourself. Don't be shocked that it takes time. Don't be shocked that you recognize that you are, again, if you are in Christ, you are in the love zone, friends. You are in the live zone. You are 100% saved. And so we're playing with house money to use, I don't know, is that a gambling reference? I can't be because I don't know anything about gambling anyway. But I mean, we're right, we're, we're in and now it's just how free can we become? right growth takes time and friends will fail at times you walk out here you say i'm going to do this every day at 5 a.m i'm going to pray for an hour i'm going to do whatever it is i'm going to do this and and you might do it for a while but i promise you this at some point you will fail be patient with yourself be gracious think of a parent teaching a child to walk you don't set the child up and they totter and then they fall over. You don't say, well, that was a bad attempt. <laughs> no, it was a start. They stood for a half a second before they fell. And then for a second. And then they took a quarter of a step and fell. And then they, they we don't get frustrated. Friends, we're toddlers. And God's looking at us with the love of a father. I mean, Psalms, Psalm 103 13, 14, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, who have surrendered to him. Friends, God is patient with us. God is gracious with us. God is teaching us, for he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. Right? Your one-year-old is one-year-old. I'm, I'm, I'm a broken person, and God knows that. And I need to remember that. I need to recognize that it's not shocking when I fail. It's not good, but it's not shocking, and there's grace, and God picks me up and says, let's start again. Let's try it again. Practicing the Presence of God is a book written by a guy by the name of Brother Lawrence, okay? Brother Lawrence, it was kind of about him and by him. He was a monk who wanted to to learn to know God's presence 24-7, no matter what he was doing. And so he was trying to do that no matter where he was. And, and he did a great job of it. But, but here's what somebody said about him once. They said, Brother Lawrence was very aware of his faults, but was not discouraged by them. I wonder if I can be that, because I think that's right. 
I need to be aware of my faults. I need to be aware of my sins. I need to be aware of my... But yes, I'm discouraged by them. But on the other hand, God forgives me. And I, I need to not become focused on them, on my failures. But on the, the next opportunity, God calls us. We confess those things and then we go on. Again, um, Brother Lawrence himself wrote this. When I fail in my duty, I readily acknowledge it, saying, I am used to doing so. I, I, I fail too often. I shall never do otherwise if I'm left to myself. Okay, this is where I'm learning. I'm practicing. I'm getting better. And, and then a quote from this book again. God wants us to worry about our sins before we sin. The devil wants us to worry after we sin. Think about that. God wants us to say, Father, I don't want to go in the ditch again. And when we do, we say, God, forgive me. And, 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 and then it's done. The devil wants to say, no, you went in the ditch. Remember that? You're in the ditch. You're a bad person. You'll never stay out of the ditch. You're always going to go in the ditch. And he wants us to be always focused on sin after we commit it. God wants us to let it go. Be patient. We will fail at times, but God's grace keeps working. That's where I want to end. With God's grace. In his letter to the Colossians, chapter 4, verse 18, the Apostle Paul says this, and as I think about Christian growth, again, friends, I see this as an invitation. This is not, I, I hope you don't feel like, well, rounds are like telling us we better straighten out. No, I'm inviting you to join me in trying to become free, trying to become more of what God created us to become. And I end with these words. Paul writes it this way. He says, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hands, probably picked up the pen himself. He says, remember my chains. And then he says these words, grace. Grace be with you. So friends, as we run the race, grace, grace. T'was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace will take me home. Grace to you. Let's pray. Father, you created us to live free and joyful and giving and serving and not focused on ourselves, but focused on others. You created us that way, but sin has got us bound up. Thank you for your forgiveness. And Father, by your spirit, by your spirit, help us to more and more experience freedom and, and new life through Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you for your grace. We give you praise. Amen.